The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 14 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. the Brit Chief, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. On this week's show, only a couple of things, really, but we're going to be covering the usual Chiefs news, and we'll also be tearing the AFC. But first, Sir Tom. Sir Tom, please apply context for the listener. <laughs> because Tom, somehow, I don't know how he's done this, and, and whose butt he had to kiss to get this, but Tom has got the blue check mark on Twitter. And it's really annoying the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't got one. <laughs> you know what? I knew it was going to annoy you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's why you did it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the reason I applied um, entirely. It wasn't out of annoyance. But um, yeah, I, I was shocked. I I got verified by Twitter. Twitter is now happy I am who I say <laughs> I am, uh, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, I now have to watch what I'm tweeting, I suppose. I, I suppose I've got more responsibility now. That's Well, at least that's what Twitter tells me anyway. Um, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got the blue check mark on Twitter. So um, I'm just going to walk around now. Then whenever I talk NFL, like face-to-face with anyone now, I'm just going to say, well, my opinion matters more than yours because I've got the blue check mark on Twitter. That's obviously not true, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not? Oh, if, you can't, if you can't be an ass with this, when can you? being arseless <laughs> <laughs> i i actually think that you might purchase something like you know them dealy bopper things that you know the, the springs with a ball on the end that you put on your head yeah you know, like kids kids wear them at parties and stuff yeah, like yeah. that i think you're going to get one where you've got like a dealy bopper just like of a check mark blue check mark above your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> um at work a couple of times this week i had to sign and print my name so i did my signature and then underneath it i wrote tom charles and then put a tick at the end of it <laughs> no chance <laughs> no i didn't know <laughs> imagine did you change the blue marker as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> mate i hope you're going to remember me when you, oh, when yeah. you've hit the oh, well, well, I I don't doubt that um, you won't be following um, much soon after. I think uh, I'm trying my hardest. You've got the request in, haven't you? You're, you're I have. <laughs> if, if the eagle-eyed uh, followers on Twitter, uh, I've actually changed my name on um, on Twitter now from Brit Chief to Brad quotation marks Brit Chief Simcox. Really? <laughs> So because apparently got, I was told that it, it, you have a good chance of getting it if you actually have your real name on there. 
Okay. So is are you not just starting a career either as a boxer or a wrestler or a darts player? Is that why you feel <laughs> is that why? <laughs> An alias. Yeah. <laughs> the destroyer, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought to celebrate this a momentous occasion that you are the first one out of anybody that I know that has actually got a blue check mark, regardless of like Pete and everybody like that, but yourself, you know, somebody I actually know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you a little present and you've, you've got this and you've had this for like the last two or three days, this package. Yeah. I'd confirm I've had a package sitting on, sitting on my kitchen table for the best part of three days that I've not been allowed to open until now. So I'm opening it. Have fun, mate. Sorry about the noise. That's the box opening. It's funny enough, the um the box on the um the number on the front of the box says fifty six, which is happens to be Tom Child's fifty six, doesn't it? That's my foot handle. So damn it. Right. Yes, that might give I've got a, a giveaway. I know what this is because I know your sense of humour. <laughs> See, I think this is there's a box, and I think there's business cards in it because I know what he's like. Business cards. It's kind of heavy, so it might be a mug. It's a mug. <laughs> it's, it's a mug. A mug. It's a mug for a mug. <laughs> so for the listener, Brad has bought me a mug, which on one side has Tom at Tom Charles 56 with the blue tick on it. And on the other, it has a picture of Ron Burgundy with the meme. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at it. Show us it. Show us it. I, I know that people who listen can't see it, but. There you go. <laughs> Thank you I thought it'd be good much, for your bro. desk, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> is there anything else in there? Is that it? There is. There is something else. There is something else. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, we need to release the video of this part. We really do. Uh, we'll send it to him <laughs> and see if he's happy to release it. We'll uh, do. <laughs> so he's also got me a T-shirt of the same design. <laughs> <laughs> it's a black t-shirt with my Twitter handle on it, at TomCharles56, the blue check mark, and then a big picture of Ron Burgundy. And it says, I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm, I've I've got a, um, a flag football tournament tomorrow. And all of my teammates know about my Twitter verification and it winds them up. I'm going to turn up to pregame warm-ups in this T-shirt tomorrow. (laughs) I hope I've got the right size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excel. I'm trying to lose weight at the moment. I'm trying to go Ben Roethlisberger. So, um, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. I'll fit in that, that's for sure. (laughs) Thank you very much, Brad. (laughs) No worries, mate. No worries. I know you got me a T-shirt before when, uh, you know, you said Brett Brett Veach reads my tweets. So I thought, you know what? I'll have to return the favour, especially when you get this blue check mark. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate but you're it. A, you're a git for getting one. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate you for it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Anyway, mate, should we yeah, crack this, on with the Chiefs news? Yeah, this show's not about us. It's about the Chiefs. Come on, let's move this <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, okay, then. We've only got like a week, maybe a week or three weeks before we have to get like serious with this. Like, serious. In, like in three weeks' time, we're going to have games to cover. We're going to be talking about pre-games and post-games and who we're looking out for and previews and reviews and stuff. We're going to be, we're going to be busy boys. So enjoy this type of chat while it lasts because, um, yeah. or just grin and bear it for another few weeks if that's your opinion of it. But um, (laughs) yeah, it it will all soon be serious to his kingdom. It will be all business from now until the second week of February. 
So uh, yeah, good fun. Business in the front, party in the back. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> right then, mate. Chiefs news. Earlier in the week, Chiefs actually brought back Alex Okafor after losing out on Melvin Ingram after he signed with the Steelers. Now, I wasn't totally convinced that the Chiefs were actually trying to get Melvin Ingram. Um, I know they, they kind of sniffed about and kicked the tires on him. Yeah. But this time, I don't know. I, I don't think they were all in on it because I think maybe Melvin Ingram was asking for a little bit more or his agent was asking for a bit more. But it's the, I always say this about players that we've been linked with. Has Melvin Ingram and his agent used the Chiefs yet again to try and get paid? You say get paid. It was only, well, it was only $4 million, million, wasn't it? <laughs> it was only $4 million. Like an edge rusher, $4 million is quite cheap, really, considering yeah. what we're paying Frank Clark. Okay, Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark are completely different parts of their career, but um, they still play the same position. I just don't think the Chiefs were that interested. I think they were yeah. to begin with. Yeah. But when they found out how much Melvin Ingram wanted, they probably looked at Alex Okafor and said, we could probably get the same sort of production for the same sort of price. And they know Alex, mm-hmm. Alex Okafor, obviously he has injury problems, but so is Melvin Ingram in recent years as well. He's had injury issues. Um, they trust Alex Okafor. They're not looking for the, the Alex Okafor to come in and be like the guy. He's coming in mm. to be a guy. And I don't think Melvin Ingram could have come in and been the guy either. So go with the tried and tested method. Like Alex Okafor has been fine for the Chiefs. He's yeah. been okay. They've got the job done with Alex Okafor in there. So, yeah, why not? Why not bring him back? We've still got Taco Charlton. We've still got Chris Jones on the edge. We've still got Mike Dana. It's all about adding a body at the end of the day. They just wanted to create a little bit more depth just in case a guy goes down or the Frank Clark news turns south. Um, and they've, they've hedged their bets and went with a guy that they tried, uh, that's tried and tested. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm fine either way. I would have been fine if they signed Melvin Ingram. I'm just as fine with them signing um, Alex Okafor. To me, it's not much of anything. There's not much difference there whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think the Melvin Ingram uh, deal would have been a, a, like a trailblazing kind of trade, would it? Not a trade, but a signing. Hmm. Um, but Alex Okafor, yeah, it's just safe. That's what I think it is. It is yeah. It's, just, it's, it's just safe. Like you said, it's depth. The the only edge rusher they could have gone out, got out and who would have made a big difference is Justin Houston. Justin Houston has transformed himself into a 4-3 end and he would have been a really good addition to this defence. But we all know it's not going to happen. So mm. they had to settle for a, a guy a tier below. I mentioned tiers because that's going to be kind of the theme of this, this entire podcast is going to be tiers. But they went with a tier below. They got depth. Everyone's happy. Alex Okafor's happy. Melvin Ingram's happy. Brett Veach is happy. Steve Spangler is happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. Exactly. The other thing that happened uh, this week is training camp has started on Friday. Well, say started. They, they reported, didn't they? Yeah. So uh, the Chiefs rookies and quarterbacks are the first to arrive on Friday. And the veterans will be arriving at training camp on Monday, the 26th of July. So it feels like everything's starting again. Yeah. Do you reckon that rookies and the QBs have like their own version of Freshers Week? You know, like... Yeah, definitely. Freshers week to our American listeners is like, I never had it because I never went to university, but um, over here, when you're a freshman, you have a, the university to yourself for a week or two where you just go out and party and do what you want. And I wonder if what's that's like the first few days of training camps like for the rookies. <laughs> it's like, like initiation tests. Initiation, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that when they start doing all the songs and 
they have a party and whatnot. I wonder if that's what it's like. I know for a fact it's not like that, but I just like spitballing. And this is what I imagine goes on, is that you've got Patrick Mahomes taking taking Josh Kando out on the Raz this weekend. Like, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> Before the big well, actually, seeing that, you, you mentioned that there. Um, I remember on, was it Hard Knocks, the Browns, one year? Yeah, and it was Baker Mayfield was had to bring some kind of he had to do some initiation, didn't he, on his first yeah, yeah. week? Yeah, um, where he built he he brought in like an RV or something. He had to fill it with all like treats and snacks yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I I imagine that's what the Chiefs would be like. I imagine that Mahomes is basically saying to these rookies, you know, you have to clean my boot, my clean my cleats by licking them <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, something crazy like that. Who's gonna um, Who's gonna be the guy that turns up and like replaces Anthony Sherman? Like, because we've all been so excited about Anthony Sherman, and obviously Dustin Colquitt's not here anymore. So the only one of like the specialists that are left is, um, I think it's James Winchester, isn't? It? No, Harrison Butker was here for it as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but who's gonna who's gonna take on like that Dustin Colquitt, uh, Anthony Sherman type role? Who's gonna turn up? You have to put money on it right now. Who's gonna be the guy that everyone's gonna be taking pictures of when veterans report? I, I'd say Hardman's a bit flashy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He yeah. normally comes with, but he normally brings it on game day, doesn't he? He normally yeah, brings yeah. like um, you know different swagger and different yeah. you know outfits and stuff that he that he wears. Kelsey might have to pick up that mantle, you know. Yeah, it would be cool if Tyreek Hill and uh, McCall Hartman like turned up as like Maverick and Iceman or something like that. Oh, <laughs> Goose and Maverick rather, because um, they're teammates. That would be cool, yeah. wouldn't it? They turned up like that. I'm yeah, trying to, I'm trying to think what else here. Um, I should have really you're thought right, before we recorded. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right, though. It's like we're missing something with the Sherman, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We really are missing something with him. And it, it's something that we always look forward to, and we haven't got that anymore. And it was right. actually the question I asked him at the Super Bowl. You know, I, I actually, I, I think I gave, put him put like the kiss of death on him or something because I actually said, you know, what what's the outfit you're going to wear for uh, training camp next season? And uh, <laughs> he said he was working on something, but he wouldn't tell us what it was. And oh, I wonder where he's going to wear it. If he's already working on something, is he going to wear it? To <laughs> <laughs> When's he going to wear it? Because he's retired. Found the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just nipping to the shop, and he's going to turn up in a tank or something like that. <laughs> We need to find out what Anthony Sherman does. We were, we basically need to find out when Anthony Sherman is next going to a fancy dress party. And if he is, we need pictures of it. Also in the news, the, uh, the franchise is back. Yay. The franchise, it feels like forever since we had the last franchise. And it was actually, it, it's undefeated the franchise as well, hasn't it? It is, it's, it is. That's the season that we won the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. if the franchise is back, that means we're going to win. Yeah. Super Bowl. Did you have you noticed with the franchise that they always have like lots of clips from like local podcasts? And yeah. uh, what are you going to do if you watch an episode of the franchise and you, all of a sudden you just hear your like opinion from this show <laughs> appear on it? I'll probably put my hands in my face because my takes are shocking. Yeah, every, every, like one week you'll say, "Ah, oh, McCall Hardman, he can't stop dropping anything. He's never going to go off." And then they're going to use that clip, and then the next week they're going to show like. Hardman going off for like a Tyreek Hill against the Buccaneers type second quarter where he's going to get like 205 yards or whatever it is. One hundred grabs. <laughs> and it's, yeah, <laughs> that's what they're going to use. Don't listen to this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 
Seriously, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be some really dodgy take that I've probably brought up in the past or even in, you know, in future shows that we've got. And it's just going to, yeah, it's just going to be an absolute. I'm going to have to switch off Twitter for that day, I think. (laughs) I hope I don't get verified before then. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, the other thing, and I I kind of, I'm almost reluctant to bring this up, but um, it's just happened recently. um, And it's all around the recent name change of the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. And they've changed the name to the Cleveland Guardians, which um, obviously, you know, with the name change of the Indians and everything like that, you can sort of understand why they've gone through that process. And, of changing they, the and people in Cleveland like to say defend the land as well. They refer to exactly. it as the land and they say defend the land. So it has a good like kind of link to it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But obviously when something like this happens, a name change, the focus then turns to the likes of, the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Blackhawks, and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's reared its ugly head again, which um, I'm not going to go too far into it, but I've got my own thoughts on the, obviously the, the, the name of the Chiefs and why it shouldn't be used in this kind of uh, conversation, because I don't see that name being a derogatory word. Um, but I don't know what, I don't know what you think about all this, man. I mean, it's, it's a difficult, it's a touchy subject, really, isn't it? It's a difficult oh, course, subject to talk about. Of course, I think the Chiefs are accepting that change is probably heading their way. And yeah. I feel like the Chiefs are trying to get ahead of the curve yeah. by obviously banning headdresses. The name Arrowhead, I know it's sponsor related, but now you've not got the Arrowhead sign outside mm-hmm. on the stadium now. Um, the chop might be the next to go. I wouldn't be surprised even if you see it like even a logo change with the Chiefs to yeah. maybe distance so keep the name Chiefs, but maybe distance themselves from the from the Arrowhead thing. Yeah. Um I can't see them going the way of a complete rebrand and changing name. I don't think they're ever no. gonna because whether you believe it or not, they always maintain it's down to the mayor of Kansas City, and that's why the Chief, yeah. they, that's yeah. why they use the name Chiefs. It's up to you whether you believe that or not. But they're not gonna they're not gonna turn around and say, well, that's not the truth. That's that's what they're gonna say. And I think they're gonna stick to their guns on that one. So yes. I just think you're what you're gonna see is a lot of change towards them distancing themselves from other things when it comes to anything related to Native Americans, and that's the way they're gonna go. Um yeah. obviously if in three or four years' time the Braves have changed, the Blackhawks have changed, FSU have changed, then I think it's inevitable. But um until we see change across all of the other teams. I think the Chiefs will be the last to go, if at all. Yeah. Again, I'll go back on that by saying that the name Chiefs is definitely not something you can use in a derogatory term. I'll challenge anybody who can actually say Chiefs and put that into a derogatory way. Um, it's not something that you would use to offend somebody with or anything like that, is it? The Chief, I mean, Chief is basically used all over uh, for different positions at work and stuff like that, um, police chiefs and all that kind of thing. But I agree with you. I think I think the Chiefs, with them changing the the stance on headdress and Native American kind of uh, you know outfits, almost like yeah, it's the it's the cultural appropriation that they're trying to kind of smooth out a little bit. Aren't they? Yeah. They've kept the drum, yeah. which is uh, obviously was something that they were looking at doing. They've got the drum deck. Um, and they've already spoken with a lot of the um, the Native Americans in the area about the chop as well, which is now not a chop, as it's more like a fist motion, isn't it? Now, which is kind of like, but um, 
it, it could be that they might just, like I said, change the logo, remove the chop if they can, um, remove the, the drum deck and, and, and just do it like that, but keep the Chiefs name, which I don't think there is a problem with the name. It's just no. what it was, it was kind of leaning towards a lot in the past, wasn't it, about you know the Native American connection. Yeah, the tough um, thing with- they're going to have is, um, for a lot of fans, I feel like they're going to struggle with is identity. Because um, yeah. if you if you lose the chop, you lose the drum deck, you lose the music as well. Um, what have you got? You lose mm-hmm. all ties with the arrowhead shape and stuff like that. Then if you don't go down the name, if you don't go down the avenue of a rebrand after that in changing mm-hmm. names, then the identity of that particular team associated with Chiefs is going to be disenfranchised, basically. And yeah. so it'd be interesting to see how they handle that if they do, if they do go down that route. But right now, I don't think it's on their agenda anytime soon to push things through like a logo change. I think they're going to they're yeah. going to wait it out, do what they can now um, to yeah. get ahead of it, like I said earlier, and then adjust as demand. Well, not not, not demand, because demand is probably the wrong word, um, as they probably come more into focus yeah. um, once other teams. The one thing I did I have noticed is the, the teams that have had to change the names have been because of the logo they have, which so are... Washington obviously changed the name from Redskins because of the logo where they had a native uh, and the name, the name, the name as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was also it, it seemed to be almost triggered by the the logo itself, and obviously the Cleveland Indians one is very much a, a caricature of a native Indian as well, which was. I, again, I, I'll, I'll challenge that. On, I'll challenge that on the Redskins um, or Washington. I think Washington. The main reason they changed was n- not necessarily the logo. I think it was the name. That that yeah. that was the big thing they wanted changing was the name, and obviously the logo then come with it. Um, yeah. Cleveland Indians. I don't know enough about the Cleveland Indians to to, to possibly yeah. comment because I'm not a baseball guy. I I, I hold my hands up. <laughs> I don't like baseball. I'm, I'm really. I'm not. I've had to mute the word. Royals from Twitter because all I see at the moment is how bad is the Royal? How bad are the Royals? <laughs> Every day I wake up to people moaning about the Royals, so I just had to mute the word Royals. I'm sorry. Um, so you're, I'm, so I'm you're not... missing all the, uh, the the Queen news and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, Queen yeah, and yeah. Harry and everybody <laughs> like that. You're missing all of that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I couldn't really comment on the Cleveland Indians. I can only probably comment on the NFL teams because that's what the yeah. sport that I uh, follow closely. But um, it's probably something we should leave there because it is a sensitive subject. Some people get riled up about it. Um, yeah. It's conversations that should happen though. People should talk mm-hmm. like this um, because talking is the only way you get things done. And um, instead of being outraged, have a conversation with someone, learn a little, and then um, you, then you get everyone else's viewpoints and then you can understand the situation a little bit better. Uh, just one thing I wanted to bring up, actually. I wanted to uh, to congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I know this is your kind of uh, sport in your in your basketball, but the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA Finals after fighting back and overturning a two-game deficit to be the mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns in a 4-2 series win. But it seems that Tom has a bit of an issue, and he's noticed something, especially in particular a tradition in American sports, which... When you raised it, I thought, yeah, why do they do that? Mm. Go on, enlighten everybody. What what you noticed I, and you think it first, winds you up. Right. First of all, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. You've been the best Buck team in basketball for the last three years. And 
this title's overdue. Well done. Well done, Giannis. You deserved it. You're excellent. Um, finally, Suns in four guy can just go away and disappear. But American sports, not all American sports, because ice hockey doesn't do this, but why do owners lift the trophies first? Why? Just, I don't get it. I don't, even when Clark Hunt done, done it, I just don't get it. They yeah. like, yes, I understand that they own the team, they hire the GM, they hire the coach, and they pay for a load of stuff and everything. But yeah. as fans, we do not cheer on owners. We cheer no. on players. In England, if an owner come up ahead of a captain of a football team to lift a trophy after winning the Premier League or the FA Cup, there would be riots. If Stan Kroenke come up ahead of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to lift the FA Cup in 2020... Yeah. then I think the Emirates would have been burned down. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely believe that. Like, I just I just don't get it. If there was a reset button right now and you could go back to whenever and you had yeah. the choice, right, back to 2020 and it was the first ever Super Bowl ever won, okay? Yeah. And you turn around and you give people the option, right, who do you want to lift the trophy? Do you want Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid or Clark Hunt to lift the trophy? How many people are going to choose Clark Hunt to lift the trophy? No, it's either Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes, isn't it, really? Yeah, even Andy Reid wouldn't have much of a chance. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Do you know yeah. why? Because players carry energy, and there should be yeah. energy involved with a trophy lift. Whenever owners do it, it's just so boring. It saps all the energy out of the arena. It's just not the same. Like I remember Jordan Henderson when they won the Champions League a couple of years ago, Liverpool. He picks up the trophy. He stands in front of the team. He holds it by his ankles and gives it the old shaking the trophy, shaking the trophy, and then yeah. turns around and does the massive trophy lift. And then there's fireworks, confetti, fans go crazy, players go crazy. There's bubbly everywhere. When do you get that in American sports? You just don't get it. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I completely agree with what you're saying. I just, I'm sorry to run. I, I am sorry to run. But I saw this the other day and I have this opinion every single time i see it i always go off on it and i just i'm glad i finally got the platform to say this <laughs> to say this <laughs> and people will turn around to me and say oh it's tradition it's tradition so change tradition we're just talking about changing team names and brand names we can change who lifts a trophy so this is my invitation to you clark hunt when the chiefs win the super bowl on the second sunday in february next year yeah, and whoever it is, who's got the broadcast? Is it CBS next year? No, it might be um, Fox again. However, if it's yeah. Kerry Bradshaw goes to Clark Hunt, here's the trophy. I want Clark Hunt to move to the side and go. Come on, Pat, you earned this. And let, yeah, yeah. Let Patrick Mahomes do the trophy lift because it'd be so much <laughs> more exciting watching him do it as opposed yeah. to Clark Hunt just holding it very gently and like a nice gentle uh, lift to the sky. It's just so boring. I'm you sorry. Know what? I think this has been ingrained in, especially in the NFL, for quite some time. Because when you mentioned it, I thought, yeah, you've got a point there. Because when you look back at Lamar Hunt, when he yeah. received the trophy, you know, it was like in a room somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think Al Davis did the same. It was like a room full of photographers and he just lifted it. And the team weren't even there. Yeah. Um, at least the team's there on the, on the, the, like the stage or platform now mm. when, uh, when they actually lift it. But, yeah, it always seems to be the owners. And, and. I can understand why Clark Hunt probably wanted to do it this time because he wanted to. Um, if you, if well, if you listen to what he says before he, he, he took the trophy, it's almost word for word exactly what Lamar Hunt said. Yeah. 
Um, and I can kind of understand that he probably wanted to emulate that, that, you know, the family's made it. They've, you know, they wanted to honor the father and all that for creating yeah. the, the chiefs and stuff. So I can kind of get it. But like, I agree with you. The next one, it needs to be, right? I've done my thing. I've said my thing before. It's now to these guys who actually did it on the field. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be polite because like, you only have to look at the FA Cup in this country, which doesn't happen anymore. But once upon a time, the FA Cup used to be handed to the winning team or the winning captain by the Queen. The Queen yeah. used to hand the trophy to the captain. Do you think the captain of, uh, of said football team just turned around and did a nice polite speech and then just lifted the trophy slowly? No, they <laughs> turned around with scars hanging around their heads, all sorts bubbly in their hands, and they just did this massive cheer to the crowd and whatnot. And it's full yeah. of it just doesn't get it in the NFL. I don't understand it. I really don't. And I and I think I'm going to have this same rant next February. I'm going to yeah. have the same rant and it's going to continue to be a rant that I have from here on out because no other country that I know of, no other sports behave yeah. in this way. None. Like I don't know of a single sport over here where a manager or an owner or a technical director or a general manager will step up ahead of the team, ca the captain of the team to lift a trophy. Yeah. It's just, sorry, sorry for going off, but things need to change. It did seem flat when the Milwaukee Bucks lifted the trophy. Um, I'll not lie. I mean, I, I'm not really big into my, bas in my basketball, but it did feel a bit like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah hey. exactly. Hey. That's nice. <laughs> should have been Yanis, shouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. It should have been. And the, the, the energy in the stadium would have been amazing with the players bouncing behind just before he does it. And then everyone goes mental. Champagne, yeah. bubbly, fireworks, light show streakers whatever just like it could just been it would have been amazing it would have been amazing but it wasn't right so it was you... amazing and everyone needs to check this out by the way sorry to sidetrack if you're on twitter or facebook you need to find the video of the milwaukee bus parade because i don't know if you've seen, I it, seen that but they had the bus parade yesterday and um a few fans they got a like a nice perch just outside the stadium where they got a good seat. So they'd be able to the first to see uh, the Bucks team. Anyways, the Bucks driver come out and he come out and did about 25 miles an hour. They didn't have a chance. <laughs> None of the fans had a chance. He was gone. Like, <laughs> Imagine sitting there for hours and then just some bus drivers, probably a Phoenix Suns fan, just <laughs> started to drive the bus as quick as he could around the route. In the end, they got him to slow down. But those first like few hundred people didn't have a chance to see any of their heroes because of a moody bus driver it's excellent <laughs> probably the same bus players driver on the top arrowhead last year for the for the rain <laughs> wait, wait, were the players on the top though yeah, like, yeah the players on the top around yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to check that out for sure mate all right then i think we'll take a break and when we come back we'll be discussing or tearing the afc Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. 
we're going through a bit of an exercise here where we've looked at the AFC and obviously the Chiefs are obviously the, the, the main kind of number one team out there at the moment. But we thought it would be fun during this kind of preseason lull that we've got at the minute that we would tier the AFC from bottom feeders, time wasters, pretenders and contenders. So uh, we're going to give you a bit of a uh, an idea of what we're thinking and which teams are useless and which teams are great. Simple as, really. <laughs> it is. You always see tiers online, don't you? You always see those tiers with um, that always ends up having Patrick Mahomes at the top of it and then a couple of other guys. Well, we're going to tier the the entire AFC. And um, yeah. so the way this is going to work, we're going to go through the four tiers, starting with bottom feeders. We're going to take turns, name the teams that we've got in each tier and then discuss. And then I'm sure there's going to be some points here where we're going to disagree with each other. Um, there's going to be some points where I'm sure we agree as well. Just a little exercise to see how we evaluate the AFC and how we see it's going to go um, going into week one, which will undoubtedly will change. Um, the teams we have now at the bottom, some of them might be further near, further near the top, nearer the top rather come the end of the season, some of them might be further away. So, um, yeah, let's start. I'll go first. So, in, well, then, the, in the bottom feeders, I've got five teams. How many have you got? I've got three. Three teams in the bottom Yeah, field. so we're already out of the blocks. Yeah. Totally just, yeah, different different in all in, in all areas, basically, at the minute. Okie dokie. So, about the teams I've got, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders, I've got the Houston Texans, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Jets. Ah, right. Okay. Well, I've got Raiders, Jets, Bengals. No Texans? No. <laughs> and I'm now questioning why I didn't put the Texans in there. I should probably move them from contender, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, I haven't got them in those contenders, just to be sure. <laughs> um, what? How haven't you got the Texans in the bottom feeders? Like, for my money, they are by far and away the worst team in the NFL going into this season. Um, well, yeah. Um and you, you sitting here saying there's at least three teams that are worse than them. I just don't, I cannot see how. Like, who's their quarterback right now? Well, see, this is the thing. This is the thing that's kind of snooking me a little bit on this because when I looked at the Texans, I thought, ah, they've got Deshaun Watson. They're obviously going to be up there somewhere. But they haven't got Deshaun Watson, have they? No. There's <laughs> obviously stuff going on in the background that you know we're not even qualified to discuss I, about at the minute. But no, I'm calling BS. I refuse to believe that you rank tiered this team thinking Deshaun Watson was in it. Uh, no, no, I'm not seriously. Having it. Seriously, you, when you look at them, and, you, and, and um, no. when I when I did this quickly, I thought, yeah, Texans, yeah, they'll they'll be you know they won't be great, but they won't be the bottom feeders. They're, they're going to be terrible. I'm, they are going to be terrible. Like going to be terrible now, yeah. I've got notes here for every single team. And next to Texans, I've got the words, well, well, well. That's it. Like, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> exactly. Where do I start? Like, what, what's, what would be a good season for the Houston Texans? What, 4 and 12? More 4 and 13? Would that four wins be a good season for them? Well, I mean, can they get four wins? Well, exactly. I haven't seen yeah. the schedule. They're bottom, they're bottom feeders. They, they, they are going to have the number one pick next year. They, it's one, without a doubt. They, they need to have it. I was it. about to ask you. They, they yeah. need to have it. They have to have it because Deshaun Watson, regardless of what happens with his legal issues, he's not coming back to the Texans. He's already said he's not coming back. He wants to be mm. traded. He is going to get traded. So one way or another, either via trade or via 
poor performance, the Houston Texans are going to have the number one pick next year. And I cannot see any scenario where they get to four wins. I just can't name any of their players. Like, could you name, gun to your head right now, could you name 10 Houston Texan players? No. Exactly. I, I would. No, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. I've struggled with five, mate. Exactly. Outside <laughs> of people that are into the draft and follow it closely that could name all the rookies, mm. I don't think the average fan could name 10 Houston Texans players. Yeah. I genuinely believe that it would be a struggle. It would be a struggle for a, a lot of people regarding a lot of teams, but the Texans, especially, mm. there's just no talent there. I had to Google who their quarterback was before this, before we recorded. Yeah. That's how little everyone knows about the, the, the Texans. They're just, it's such a non-factor. And if you're not going to accept defeat now and relegate them from time wasters to bottom feeders, then we might as well just call it a day. So you think they're going to be the number one overall pick? The, next top year. three, top three without doubt. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, well, yeah, I can kind of accept that because, yeah, maybe I have been clouded by the Watson thing, but yeah, I would agree. Texans need to be in the bottom feeders, but I do have an issue with the Jags where you put them as bottom feeders. Go on, continue. Because they've got a shiny new quarterback that is pretty darn good. Yeah. And in college, if memory serves me correctly. I'm sure they've been trying to sort out that all line as well, which. Um, has been a bit of a contentious issue over the years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I can see them doing okay this year. I mean, I don't think they're going to be like lights out, going to be one of the, you know, the dark horses, but I certainly don't think they're going to be bottom feeders. What's a good season for the Jacksonville Jackers then? Seven wins? Eight wins? Yeah, seven, eight wins. Um, I, I'd, I'd go with seven. I think that would be good, especially with the rookie quarterback that they've got. Um, and then they've got another you know, another draft to come up where they can, you know, draft some yeah, weapons we, for it. We're not, we don't talk about it. We're not, I don't care about it. Yeah, no, we're not we're talking, talking about, about that, but I think seven season. wins, I think, I think it's doable for, for, for Lawrence. I don't, I can't trust a coach, which has still got Tim Tebow in the building. I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. As like, as much as talented as Trevor Lawrence is, is and as well as I think he will do in the pros, Urban Myers leaves a lot to be desired in that, in that yeah and with the bad teams like coaching matters it matters for all teams but it really does yeah. matter for like the bad teams in terms of turning around look at the chiefs when they went two and 14 they got the right coach in and yeah. they turned it around immediately because they had a coach is urban meyer going to do that is is he is he going to do that and even with the shiny new quarterback where that's that's where they are fortunate where the chiefs weren't the chiefs obviously yeah. went out and got alex smith because they knew there wasn't a quarterback to draft where the jaguars event basically can start again yeah. so um yeah i do i do admire them in in that sense but i i until i see something from over my i can't i can't yeah. be on board with them being anything other than bottom feeders should we talk about the teams that we have agreed with Briefly, briefly, yeah. Briefly. Um, we've both got the Jets as bottom feeders. I love the hiring of Salah. I think that's mm-hmm. such a good um, hire, hire. I like the draft of Zach Wilson. I think there is a lot there for the Jets. I think they're mm-hmm. out of all of five of these teams, I think they're probably the best set up in terms of roster and coaching to potentially yeah. move up out of this. If I had to put money on any of those, my five teams to put themselves into time wasters next year, it would probably be the Jets. Um, so I like what they've done. The Bengals have talent. We know they have talent. We like Joe Burrow. We like Jamar Chase. We're, we like all of the weapons that they've got on, on that offense. 
but Zach Taylor has proved to be a terrible head coach so far since he's taken over the yeah. Bengals. Uh, they've had two dreadful seasons with Zach Taylor. He needs to mm-hmm. he needs to do something this year, otherwise he's out the door at the end of it. And obviously we've we've harped on so much about the Raiders on this show. Uh, it's now do or die time for Gruden, isn't it? Like if if they have a terrible season, then one of or both of Gruden and Mayock and potentially, I suppose, you could add Derek Carr into this mix as well, uh, are are gone. The Raiders are are, are one of those that all I've seen in them at the minute is I feel this team just keeps declining every time. Yeah. I know they've beaten the Chiefs in a game and they they, they, they obviously kept them quite close in the the game in Vegas, but this team just does not look set up for anything other than just maybe a top five draft pick. Hmm. I can't put my finger on what it is. I mean, yeah, okay, there's Gruden seems to be making some really questionable decisions about the the O-line. Um, he, he let quite a few go. But sticking with Derek Carr as well, I'm still not convinced on this Derek Carr project, but they still seem to be sticking with him. The problem with the Raiders is that they're kind of in this middle pack of teams where they're not bad enough where they can get a high draft pick to, to get one of the top guys coming out. And also, it seems like they're not willing to trade to get up and go and get a guy. They're, they're that happy with Derek Carr. I personally don't get it. I think mm-hmm. um, I think he's he, he's okay, but he's ne- he's never going to be the answer. And I think Gruden now needs to be looking at a long time answer quarterback because he's got a ten year he's got a ten year contract. And if you're the Raiders, you want to start seeing improvement. You want to see some uh, vision out there. And at the moment, I, I look at the Raiders and I see Derek Carr, and I'm thinking, well, is he is he ever going to take them over the top he's not he's not yeah. the chief had the same thing with Alex Smith they he he was a serviceable quarterback and I I'm not sitting here saying Alex Smith and Derek Carr on the same tier they're not yeah. Alex Smith is a much or was when he was a Chiefs a much better quarterback than Derek Carr was but he still had limitations and the Chiefs realized his limitations and got Patrick Mahomes in where I look at the Raiders I just don't feel like they're they're going to do that I genuinely nah. believe that they think Derek Carr is the guy. And as Chiefs fans, we sit here, we see it every year. He'll play the Chiefs normally outside of last year and have terrible games. And he'll go on awful runs of form. And he'll cost the team, he'll cost the team games by like fumbling out the back of the end zone uh, for yeah. touchbacks and all that type of thing. Yet the Raiders still stick with him. And I just don't understand why. I'm with you on that one, mate, for sure. Should we go through time wasters? Yeah, you go first then. Right, I've gone Jags, Broncos, Texans, Steelers, Titans, Colts, and Dolphins. Oh, okay. We're matching a few of them. I've got Titans, Broncos, Steelers, Colts, Dolphins. And I've also got the New England Patriots in time wasters. Really? Yeah, this year. It's a funny list, my one. One team I want to talk about on their own because I think they were probably the hardest team to rank out a lot of these. And... Mm. I'll talk about them in a minute. But the other five teams, the Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Miami Dolphins, I was very quarterback-led when it comes to this because yeah. it's... I know you can sit here and say, oh, every team dependent on their quarterback. But you look at these these teams, you're looking at Drew Locke, you're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, whoever plays quarterback for New England, whether it be Cam Newton or Mac Jones, Carson Wentz and Tua, all of those five guys have got big question marks on whether they can perform or not. If they yeah. perform, there's every chance that these teams can lift themselves up a tier, especially the likes of the Colts and the Dolphins, because their rosters are so loaded. But yeah. if they don't, if you see the Carson Wentz of the last two or three years, 
the Colts are rubbish. They are rubbish. They need the Carson Wentz that was in Philly when Frank Reich was there. That's what yeah. they need. They need that Carson Wentz. The Dolphins, I'm not convinced. They're convinced by Tua. I know they're drafting like they're convinced, but I still think that the jury's out on that one. Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, my notes here are is Ben lost weight because that picture's <laughs> going around this week of him looking trim. And maybe... Big Ben is now not so big Ben. and Maybe he's going to play slightly better. But again, he was that bad at the end of last year that he really needs to like return to Ben of old. Otherwise, the Steelers don't stand a chance. Drew Locke, what's there to be said about him? If they don't yeah. get Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos aren't going anywhere. And then you got the Patriots. Cam Newton last year was terrible. Mac Jones is a rookie. We don't even know who's going to start there. They're saying yeah. Cam Newton is going to be the guy. How long will that last? And if they do replace Cam Newton, is Mac Jones going to come in and be that much better? So many question yeah. marks of quarterback. And that is why these teams have to be seen, in my opinion, as time wasters. Again, yeah, it looks as though I've got something similar with that because, like I said, the, the Dolphins, like I said, the, the jury's still out with with Tua. And and it was it was telling for me that they, they gave Tua the job last year, didn't they? And then they put um, Fitzpatrick in, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was midway through or something. And then... Didn't they put Tua back in? Or something? It was something like that. I mean, if some weird things were going on, you think there's something not quite right there. And it, it's, it's, it's almost like they, they're linked with any big-named quarterback. There's no smoke without fire, as you know. And if big-named quarterbacks are being linked with the Dolphins, there's clearly some unrest there. Do you think that they um, would have traded for Deshaun Watson had he become untradable? Because he did become untradable by the end, didn't he, with uh, yeah. what's going on. Um, but say all of that hadn't happened, then do you think that they potentially would have flipped two or in a couple of draft picks across for Deshaun Watson? Without a doubt, I think they would have. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it, it just felt as though they've already given up on him. Um, yes and no. I don't think they've given up on him yet. I just think like they're going to give him this year. Because there is a yeah. loaded roster, and they're going to think if they if if they their season peer outs like it did last year, like they got absolutely battered in the last week of the season against the Bills, they they yeah. had to win that game, and they they didn't even turn out. They got battered, so um, yeah. it'd be that's an interesting one to watch. The one team I do want to talk about is the Titans, though. Um, I was about to mention that actually, yeah. Because on, you guys, give me your thoughts. I've talked a lot. Give me your thoughts. Well, again, QB led. It's it's Tannehill, isn't it? I mean, yes, he had a good season last year, but the jury's still out on Tannehill, I think. Nah. Do you not think? No. The Tannehill, the offense isn't the Titans' problem. It's not their problem. They've got AJ Brown. They've got Derek Emery. Okay, Derek the, Emery. The, the O-line's taken a bit of a hit. Brian Tannehill has performed extremely well inside the structure of the, the Titans' offense. He has been very good, statistically. Oh, he's been and, good. Yeah, he's and been on good. the eye as well. He has been good. Comparing him to Mahomes is stupid, but he has been, he has been good. The Titans, for me, it's all down to coaching. It's Mike Vrabel and that defense. He's meant to be a defensive guy. Like, yeah, we we all know Mike Vrabel. He played in Kansas City. He played for multiple um, Super Bowl teams as well. He's he's a disciple of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, isn't he? I look at the Titans' defense, and it's never good. It's never ever good. Yeah. And there's so many like, there's so many things happen with the Titans that, like, they're bust up with the Ravens last year. And I I look at what that, and I look at that type of stuff, and I think that's just small time. That's yeah. like the big boys don't behave like that. And that stems from culture and that stems from Mike Vrabel. And so yeah. when I look at the, the, the Titans, I look at the offensive talent. I think this team now, especially with Julio Jones in the building, I, I look at the team and I think they've got the talent to be big mm. boys in the AFC. 
But then I look at the coaching and I just think, no, that's what's holding them back. They would do yeah. well. And also they've lost um, their uh, offensive coordinator. I've forgotten his name. He's gone to the Falcons, but they've lost their OC as well. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to put the Titans up a tier, but I just can't because of Rabel. All right, what about pretenders then? Because I've got three pretenders. What are your what are your pretenders? Okay, so I've got three as well. Um, which means I've only got two contenders, and that means you've got three contenders. Uh-huh. Uh, so my three pretenders are the LA Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cleveland Browns. Ooh, not far off from mine. Mine I've got the Chargers, I've got the Browns, and I've got the Patriots. Okay. Um, go go for Chargers. Go on, go for Chargers first. Chargers seem. We've said this before on a previous podcast. The Chargers seem like their team is ready for a ready for a charge. To to, you know, obviously, kind of phrase. Um, from top to bottom, the Chargers on both sides of the ball seem like the set. If there was ever a chance for the Chargers to really kind of contend the AFC West, it's right now, and it's all down to obviously Herbert. Um, but. Even saying that, I mean, the coaching seems to be right as well. Well, the coach right changed. now. It's changed finally. We exactly. Don't know, we don't know if it's right. We know it's changed. We well, don't know how it's going to be, do we? It can't be any worse, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Lynn wasn't great. He didn't go for it on fourth downs. He was very conservative. Um, and he didn't trust in Herbert. No, obviously, the big thing with Chargers is health, isn't it? And they lose, yeah. they lose more players than any other team to injury. Um, it's it's strange how that always happens to them. There's obviously something going wrong in that organisation when it comes to um, conditioning and whatever. Because I I don't believe it's just luck. It has to be something else. There's, there has to be an underlying issue there. But if they can stay healthy, they are without doubt a threat in the AFC. Whether they are good enough to make a run at the big boys. I don't know. I have them in that tier slightly below. The other two teams I have in the tier below, I have them in the tier below for the exact same reason, um, to be honest, Uh, the Browns and the Ravens. And the reason why I've got them in the tier below is because in my opinion, both of these teams really lack a killer instinct. Like they're really good teams, but they don't take their opportunities. They don't put teams to bed. Like for me, if I'm a Browns fan, I still think it's unforgivable that Chad Henney managed to win that divisional game. There was more than enough time in that game for them to make the comeback and win. And for them not to get it just showed me that they're not ready. And so Mm. I need them to prove it. And then on the other side, you've got the Baltimore Ravens who have been the best team in the regular season outside of us for the last two or three years. But when it gets to the playoffs, they're just like non-existent. Yes, they had the Titans win last year. But as I alluded to earlier, that Titans, they behaved with the Titans win, how the Raiders behaved when they won in Arrowhead. They treated it that like that was their Super Bowl because of what happened the year before. And to me, that was small time. And I feel like the Ravens need to make a change in culture and how they attack the postseason because they're as for as good as they are in a regular season, they get to the playoffs and they just can't get it done. So until mm. they prove to me like the Browns, that they can get it done in the postseason, and they're, they're going to be one of these teams that can make a run at the bills and the chiefs. For me, they're always going to be on the outside looking in. For sure. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the team I've got in there at the moment as, as pretenders is obviously the Patriots. And the only reason I put them in that is because 
there is obviously concerns with, uh, like you said before, who the quarterback's going to be, but also the running backs. Um, I don't seem really convinced, and I don't think Belichick's com- completely convinced about his running back stable that he's got. Damien Harrison, Sonny Michelle, I think he's still there, isn't he? Um, so, but everywhere else on that, I mean, they've, they've signed Hunter Henry, which I think is a is a is a solid tight end pickup. Um, really like him. I've always quite liked him, even though even though he was at the Chargers. They've also picked up Trent Brown at right tackle. Yeah, uh, he's gone back, hasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. they're filling the holes that they had before, which um, really kind of um, suppressed Cam Newton a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think they, I think they thought they were just going to. They're the Patriots. It's you know they find a way to win. Cam Newton, he, he he doesn't have that mentality to just really grind a game out the way that Tom Brady used to with the players that he had around him. But I do think they've plugged in quite a few holes, and I, I think it's going to give him a bit more of a chance now, moving forward. That I think, do you know what the Patriots? You can't count them out. You really can't count them out. No, and I'm I'm probably a bit naive by putting them in time wasters, but. For me, when I just look at talent, I know I know coaching does definitely counts. I've said it several times on the show, but I look at talent. I just think the Patriots are so far below the other five teams that I've got above them yeah. that I can't possibly put them in pretenders. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me that if we're sitting here in a few months' time talking about a Chiefs Patriots AFC Championship game, yeah, right? because Bill Belichick is that good at his job. But quarterback matters. Quarterback play does matter. And as much as I love Cam Newton, I, and I am a Cam Newton fan, he is not the same guy he was in 2015. He is absolutely he is not nowhere near that level now. No. And um, the Patriots version of Cam Newton, even the late the latter Panthers um, version of Cam Newton, is not good enough to take any team, no matter how loaded it is, to the top. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I have to throw my opinion. I have to throw in my opinion at the end of that. Just because you're a blue check mark now, aren't you? A blue check mark, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me. <laughs> All right, contenders. I've got three contenders. How many of you got? Did you say you've got? I've got two. two. I've got. Two. Oh, I've got you got. A, you got a straight fight out for people keeping a score. Um, you'll be surprised to know that I've got Kansas City and Buffalo as my two contenders. The two for the game. Who's the other one you've got? I can't work it out in my head. Chiefs, Bills, Ravens. Ravens. I, I can't leave out the Ravens at the minute. Okay. I just can't. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't leave them out because uh, they've always scared me. The last few years, they've, they've scared, they've frightened the life out of me because I always felt that they were always going to be the team that's going to kind of knock us off our perch. Obviously, it never happened. But at the moment, I can't see that much of a drop-off from what I saw last year. Um, no, but what you saw last year was a team that wasn't good enough to get it done. The, the crap in the playoffs. It's simple as that, isn't it? Basically, yeah. the crap yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> um, which, yeah, maybe I should have put them in as pretenders, really, because of their playoff record. But I don't know what it is with the Ravens. I, don't, I, I just, I'm always wary of them. And it's just that anomaly they've got at running back. Sorry, quarterback. <laughs> um, in uh, in Jackson because he can change a game and the Chiefs the, the Chiefs at the moment especially with their run defence I know they've been trying to sort it out recently but the run defence has been historically quite bad over the last what four five five seasons would you say yeah Um. so that's why I'm always a bit wary of the Ravens 
But it doesn't matter about run defense when we play the Ravens. For some strange reason, Steve Spagnuolo manages to beat the Ravens. Yeah. They've even come out and said it. Like, there's something that the Chiefs do that confuses the Ravens. And yeah. they they haven't worked it out. And you're now talking, what, how many wins is it that Patrick Mahomes has got over Baltimore now? Is it three or four three now? now? Three, three, three and three, oh. Three and mm. oh now. He is against them. Um, obviously, Buffalo beat them as well last year in the playoffs. Yeah. To me, the Ravens are a really good side, but they are not there. They're not there no. because of that lack of killer instincts and because of that lack of ability to turn up when it really matters most. Where the Bills last year, they felt kind of like the Chiefs of the year before. Um, yeah. not the year, sorry, in 2018, where they were very good. But ultimately, when they come up in the, like, the big game against the big boy, they just weren't good enough. Like, just weren't good enough. They're, they didn't look the same, did they? No, no. And I suppose you could say the same about the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, that first half, that that Chiefs team was not the same team which we saw in the rest of the game. Um, yeah. But the problem with the Bills is that they weren't good enough to catch up with the Chiefs because the Chiefs mm. are like the ultimate team to be winning. That they're, they're, The Chiefs with the lead are just... Yeah. It's too hard to play against. It's a monster, isn't it? Uh, exactly, yeah. It's a monster to overcome. So um, I like the Bills a lot. I think they are the second best team in the AFC. If I if I could introduce another tier of an elite tier, it would be Bills and then Chiefs above them in their own tier. But we're, we're not doing that um, because we don't want to come off as arrogant. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the clear best two teams are Chiefs and the Bills. Oh, but I'm, I'm actually quite surprised looking at all of those four tiers that we had there that we're not that far away from no. having a similar one. And, we, and honestly, we've not even known what each other have been putting down on this, have we? Yeah. There's a few that have kind of slipped the net in some of the categories, but all in all, we've kind of tiered them similar. Yeah, I think I think if a, a lot of Chiefs fans or a lot of NFL fans tiered the AFC like this, I've, I'm I'm pretty sure they'd be similar. Like, I'm pretty sure that 99.9% of the fans would put the Texans in the bottom tier, but, you know, <laughs> you're, you're one in a million, Brad, aren't you? <laughs> um, I like to be different. Yeah, exactly. But, no, I think... Um, I think a lot of people would have a similar sort of tiered system um, in place. And yeah, I think a lot of people would agree that the Chiefs and Bills belong in the uh, top tier and the likes of the Raiders and the Bengals belong in the bottom tier. Right. That's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can listen to the Great British Chiefs show every Saturday as we build up to pre-season. And if you have the time, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. You can also listen to more Chiefs-related content on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. All that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.